I would like to begin my homily this evening by offering all of you a rather strange and unique blessing. Are you ready? Are you sure? You're not sure. Here it is. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. You weren't expecting that, were you? May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. That, everyone, is an ancient Jewish, Jewish blessing that any young aspiring Jewish boy wanting to be a rabbi would want to hear. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Now, I know for some, school has already started. For some, it begins in about, well, 12 and a half hours. But if you were going to school to be a rabbi, it began at the age of 10. And unlike our schools today, where you have a very well-rounded education of science and math, English and history, music and art, if you went to school to be a Jewish rabbi, you started at the age of 10, and you learned one thing. You would memorize the Torah, the first five books of our Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Memorize word for word at the age of 10, all five books. How does that sound? Then, if you were especially skilled at memorizing the first five books of the Torah, after about four years around the age of 14, you would begin a new endeavor. Memorizing the entire Old Testament. All of it, word for word, no joke. Psalms, historical books, wisdom literature, the whole Old Testament, memorized word for word. If you know a rabbi, they're brilliant. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Priests aren't quite as smart. At least yours isn't. Then, after they memorized the whole Old Testament word for word, they would go and find a proven rabbi. And they would then essentially become this rabbi's apprentice. And they would follow this rabbi. But before the rabbi accepted you as being an apprentice of him, he would quiz you to make sure that you actually knew your Old Testament. So he would ask you questions like this. Okay, young man, in the book of Leviticus, how many times did the word sacrifice appear? And they would have to know it. Or, tell me the genealogy from Adam to Abraham, and they would have to know it. Now, I'm not advising that we begin the, you know, Hanson rabbinical school at your home tonight. But that's what they did. 
And then, if this young man had what it took, could answer the question, listen to what the rabbi would then say to him. He would say three words. Come, follow me. I share all that this evening, everyone, not to be silly and not to be a nerd. But I share that because I think it's important for you and me to understand the context of discipleship at the time of Jesus. Okay? So when Jesus uses the word disciple, he's using the word disciple in that context that I just described. That somebody who then followed the rabbi wasn't just following some teaching. He was following a person. He was following the person of the rabbi. And the saying then developed amongst the wise and the sages of the time that before a young man would begin his endeavors with this rabbi, he would go home, collect his belongings, say, see you later, mom, see you later, dad. And the parents felt tremendously blessed that their son has been chosen to be a rabbi. And they would say a prayer of blessing. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Meaning, may you live so close to him and follow him that when he walks down the street and he kicks up dust under his shoes, may that dust fall upon you. Where am I going with this? Everyone, the gospel today, Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? This is a turning point in Peter's life. Because long before Jesus asked him this question, Peter, Jesus said something else to him. What did he say to him? Come, follow me. Everyone, it's no accident that when Jesus called his disciples, he used the same three words that were in the Jewish tradition for calling a man to follow as a rabbi. Which means then, the apostle's job was to live in close union with Jesus in such a way that the dust would fall upon them. And now today, Peter has to take it one step further and not just say that he's a rabbi, a teacher, a prophet, but now what does Peter have to profess? That he's the Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah, in that question, everyone, that Peter was asked, who do you say that I am, has extended through the ages to you and I every single day of our lives. Every single day, we have to answer the question, who do we say that Jesus is? Is he just some pop culture figure that I feel kind of safe following so bad things don't happen to me at the end? Or he is even more. Do we profess that he is our Lord, the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One? Our job as Christians, right, is to live in such close union with him that this image of dust following upon us becomes true for us. So what's dividing us? 
in terms of our relationship with Jesus? What keeps us separate from him where the dust that he kicks up doesn't fall on us? And what needs to happen to bring us closer to him so that the dust he kicks up falls right on us because we're right there with him? May we be covered in the dust of the rabbi. May we be covered in the dust from Christ, the anointed one.